This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. My name is Eric Fu, and I'm the co-founder of Citizen Wolf. Um, what I really love about online retail is that it gives us the ability to have more reach and scope than traditional bricks and mortar. And I've been working in digital advertising for 20 years, and just the ability to start a business and the ability to run a shop uh, is just so much easier and so much more effective now because of online retail. You ready for a big buzzword? Authenticity. Most millennials are screening out brands that aren't relevant, unique, or ethical. And this has created sharp growth in the rise of artisan and street brands. And we're on location in front of a live audience at online retailer in Sydney, Australia. And coming up, you'll hear from the founder of a company that offers, quote, the best fitting T-shirts on the planet, unquote, about how deep authenticity can be cultivated and how to remain relevant in a growing marketplace of unique brands. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Recorded on location. Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Sure. Uh, we're here at the 11th edition of Online Retailer Conference and Expo. It's Australia's biggest industry event, packed with the latest insights, trends, tech innovation, and retail solutions. So I want to start with this, Eric. The word citizen in your logo is yes. upside down. Yes. What is the significance of that related to your mission? Uh, that's a good question. It was actually a design consideration when creating the logo, just so that it it matched up when the logo was stacked a certain way. Um, but I think the more interesting thing is where the word citizen came from. Okay, let's talk about that. Um, so when we started, we had the typical problem that we had hundreds of names on a wall and trying to work out what we should call ourselves. Um, and we took a step back and decided, well, what is it about our customers that would actually be interested in what we do? Uh, who are the types of people? And it came down to two things. One is that they were going to be citizens of the world because they care about provenance. They care about how things are made and under what conditions. Um, and secondly, they're people who are going to be individuals. Right? They don't necessarily want someone else's logo to validate their identity. They're confident about who they are. No, they're not followers. They're not sheep. So therefore, they're wolves. So for us, the idea of a citizen wolf then became very natural and there's a duality to, to that brand. It's kind of a rebel feel to it a little bit. It's got a grit to it. Yeah, it's a bit more fashion-y. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole idea was that there is this duality to the name because a wolf tends to conjure up very uh, masculine, very lone, you know, very uh, yeah. you know, wolf-like characteristics versus actually, no, it's, it's actually all about the citizenship as well. It is about yeah. caring about other people. And very so the cool. flipped text worked really, really well with that. So the brand itself... You offer the best fitting t-shirts. You do very custom tailored fit t-shirts, but that's really not what the brand is actually about. It, it's the, it's, it's how you get that fit that matters, but it's really what having well-fitting t-shirts means in terms of the industry and sustainability is, can you unpack that? 
Yes. So when we started the company, uh, we were trying to solve a very simple problem, which is how do I get clothes that fit? Because I'm really short and I absolutely struggle to get things that fit me <laughs> in a marketplace like Australia. Uh, but the more we dug into the situation, the more we found out that actually fit is responsible for 30 to 50% of e-commerce returns. So it's actually very damaging to business. It's also responsible for uh, one third of clothing never being sold because the right person who fits it never ends up you know, seeing it and, and therefore buying it. So there's a tremendous amount of waste in the industry as well. And to us, the solution seems really, really simple. If you make things on demand and tailored, you get rid of both problems with one stroke. Um, and then we realize, well, actually, that's just tailoring. That's existed for thousands of years. Yeah. All right. So why hasn't anyone done this? Uh, and it turns out that it's actually complex to scale up. Right? You need to traditionally go and see a tailor, be fitted up. He needs to manually create a pattern. He needs to lay it out in chalk and lay out the fabric and manually cut it. And what becomes a really simple process and a simple item becomes an extremely expensive and time-consuming process. So what we've done is we've taken that process and automated it and simplified it to get the cost uh, significantly down compared to traditional tailoring, uh, but also a process that involves just n knowing very few things about you, such as height, weight, age, uh, and for women, a bra size. And from there, right, it's this very traditional e-commerce process of selecting your color and fit, and it's sorted. How can you do that? I mean, because someone who weighs you know, six foot and weighs 220 pounds, there's many different versions of that. How are you able to know that person is this version versus another version? So are you just collecting more data points? Yes. So when we started, we actually analyzed uh, over 8,000 people and okay. collected about 196 million data points to create the algorithm. So from that, we have a 94% accuracy. And as we get people who fall outside of the bell curve, uh, the algorithm becomes more and more accurate because we feed that data back to, to correct it. Uh, we did look at quite a few different variables to get the accuracy up very early on, but we found out that actually with just four things, right, we're getting a pretty decent accuracy rate and there's no point making the process more complicated and harder than it needs to be if what we actually need to do is make it simpler and simpler. Are you an entirely online play? Or are you doing brick and mortar also? Um, um, and if you are, why would you? <laughs> so when we started, we were uh, a bricks and mortar play, right? So we had less than 10% of our sales online because it's very, very hard to get people to accurately measure themselves online. So we had to do a store. Uh, and that was really for us a data gathering exercise of, of getting people to come in, getting the opportunity to explain and tell our story a thousand different ways to work out what was the, the best way. Uh, and from that, once we had enough data to create the algorithm, that allowed us to properly do an online play. And now uh, online is, is more than 60% of our, of our revenue and growing. Now, once you've gotten someone's fit, mm -hmm. you now, assuming they don't change size, they should be able to very easily order more product from you going forward. Exactly. Which means they don't have to come and linger and shop as much as it's a transaction going forward, right? Exactly. How do you then, because I mean, there's positive to that, obviously. That's part of what you're trying to accomplish. But how do you build a relationship with that consumer on an ongoing basis and, um, and stay connected to them in a meaningful way if the, if the cool part is over, you know, yes. and now it's just a transaction? How do you, how do, you do that? 
How so, are you thinking about that? So it's something which we do think about a lot, and it's something that we can certainly do a lot better. Uh, and a large part of what we do is really trying to understand well, what is it that the customer has bought or why they bought from us in the first place. Uh, you're going to have a lot of guys, for example, who re just really hate the process of shopping. So once they've got their perfect tea, it's really a matter of letting them order really easily and uh, in the color of their choice, and that's it. Right? It's a process that should not take more than a minute. Whereas there are other customers uh, who actually have a particular outfit in mind, they may have a particular occasion in mind, and they need uh, to have the ability to order different things at different occasions. And us being there, helping them and, and guiding them mm -hmm. is an important part of that process. Um, so the result for us is that we are hopefully getting better at managing that relationship and better understanding what the needs are of our particular customer base and building our, our platform to suit that. Now, I mentioned authenticity mm -hmm. at the start of this. Uh, as we're talking about having a personality as a brand, an ethos, um, how are you thinking about Citizen Wolf as its authentic self, as you're maybe where you started with it, and then as time goes on, how you're continuing to build you know, towards that image and, and, and stay authentic to who you want to be. And, and, and as a second level to that question, uh, this isn't just about making t-shirts, is it? This is, yeah. this is the beginning of a journey that's a larger journey than making your own apparel. Yeah. So how do you create an authentic brand that isn't really what it appears to be right now there's more to it that's behind the scenes that's coming later once you this use case has been proven. Yeah. So when we started, uh, we, we, our ambition was never about T-shirts. Right? That's not the interesting thing. Right? The interesting thing is how do we change the way the industry works in terms of, in terms of making and buying clothing? Because most people aren't really aware of the problems and the overproduction um, inherent in the current system. Yeah. And we can spend all our life trying to explain that to people, but it doesn't, they're not ready to listen. So for us, T-shirts is really a Trojan horse into a much bigger mission, right? And that's two parts. The first part is the environmental impact and how do we make that better? Because the world doesn't need another fast fashion brand, right? Producing yet more apparel, which doesn't get bought. Uh, and back, back when I was working in that agency, there was a, a great quote uh, from one of the founders, which was, it's not a principle until it costs you money. So when we say we believe in changing the world for the better in terms of the environment, it now goes through everything from the way we produce to the packaging um, and to the causes that, that we support. Um, the second piece to it is, is trying to change the way people buy, right, by not going to fast fashion and choosing something that is perfect for them, that's the right style, the right fit, uh, but without trying to disrupt behaviors. Right? We don't want people to go into, into a tailor's shop. We want them to have a very familiar and comfortable e-commerce experience. Mm -hmm. And that's why our investments in things like the technology to develop the magic fit algorithm and the platform that then turns that into a dynamic pattern for it to be laser cut uh, has been so important. Right? And to those two things together, over time, 
will allow us to change the way all clothing is made, not just about T-shirts. Uh, thank you. Up next, you'll hear about building an online presence and uh, what Citizen Wolf has thought about to create an authentic online brand personality. Right up to this. Hi, I'm Roseanne Gold. I'm a chef, an author, a food writer, and the host of a new podcast called One Woman Kitchen. So excited to be doing this because I'm interviewing the most fascinating women in the food world. And you don't even have to be interested in the food world or be part of it to enjoy these remarkable women's stories. It's diverse, it's international, it's intergenerational. What's most exciting to me is that the concept of one woman kitchen means something different for everyone. You can listen to One Woman Kitchen every week at onewomankitchenshow.com and also where all the best podcasts can be found. Uh, so, Eric, uh, you know, as you thought about your online presence, what kinds of things did you think about both from a design standpoint and what the web presence would look like, what kind of content it would have? Secondly, your social presence, how that would connect with what you're doing online. And thirdly, the technology aspects, whether it be a chatbot or whether it be your, you know, how your cart's going to work and so forth. So can you talk about the, the thought process into building how people thought about you in the decisions that you made? So it's something that we're constantly testing. We're always running experiments every week on what we can do better. Uh, when we started, again, we thought we were going to be a menswear brand for really tall or really short people. Because you know, that seemed to be the lowest hanging fruit for us. So the website was very masculine. It was very much focused on that transactional nature. Uh, over time, what we've actually found is that uh, our audiences are older, uh, and in particular, women. Older right? as in 40s? As in uh, 30 plus is 30 actually plus. our sweet spot. Uh, That's old. Oh. <laughs> Relative to what the rest of yeah. the fashion market tends to target, which is... <laughs> I should point out I'm 52, so, you know. <laughs> I'm over 30 as well, so, um, yeah. Uh, so uh, what we found is that there's massively underserved audiences out there which fashion traditionally doesn't want to target, right? If you're an older woman with a more plump body shape, mm -hmm. there are 50 times less fashion brands focused at you, Yeah. right? And the ones that are tend to be condescending, they tend to be a bit patronizing or stereotypical, right, is what we hear from a lot of Not the Not making you think research. great about yourself. Exactly. Um, so for us, a large part of how we've started to evolve the brand is really thinking about, actually, it's not about what a designer thinks you should wear. It's not about a designer telling you what's cool and whether you are cool or not. It's actually about you as an individual knowing who you are and being comfortable in that, right, and choosing what you know is right for you, right, and, and, and feeling great um, in that. So more and more the photography on the website, the content that we create, and the brand is moving towards emphasizing that individuality rather than be cool because a designer tells you that they're cool. 
Can you give an example of, of a choice that was made in terms of imagery or content uh, that, that, that was very specifically designed to be telling the truth? Yep, so uh, the feedback that uh, a lot of fashion brands get is that the molds they use are always young, they're always skinny, right? They're always classically beautiful. Uh, and what we've been doing uh, more and more is actually moving away from that, right? When we first started, we thought we're in fashion, we have to do that, right? We have to present an aspirational view of what fashion should be. Uh, but the most recent photo shoots we've done and the ones we've got planned up, uh, lined up are actually all about people who are more realistic body shapes, who are a bit more plump, who are actually older, right? Rather than, again, just going for people who are stereotypically models, um, who are younger and, uh, and aren't reflective of, of most uh, people out there. What about some of the technological solutions that you've deployed uh, so far in thinking about how they, as you make your choice of which to use or what to build and making sure that that aligns with who you want to be seen as. Can, can you unpack that at all? Um, so one of the things we're quite interested in exploring right now is how personalization and customization can work harder on the website. Mm. Because we know more about our customers than most typical fashion brands that rely on a third party to sell their products. Right? We, we know who you are. We know what, uh, what your body shape is. That gives us the ability to present information in ways that are a lot more relevant and helpful right, than a generic website where you see a photo of a skinny model and you get information about the model, but you don't know how that's going to look on you necessarily. So one of the so we're exploring quite a few dynamic technologies right now that will allow us to be better at presenting a website that's more relevant to you as a person. So you've learned something about that person, let's say from their either their first visit or whatever info you've been able to gather ahead of their visit that would identify something about them, even if it's just geographically. And the more you learn about them, the idea is for the website to dynamically change to more fit what you understand about that person. Exactly. So if, if they were a certain ethnicity, it might display more models with that ethnicity. Uh, if they were older, it might display more information that would pertain to that age group, etc. Yes. Um, that's part of the, the planning that's, that's happening. Okay. Um, and again, it's just for us, it's part of being authentic to the brand of celebrating individuality and diversity rather than... Gotcha. Hmm. Uh, rather than just being uh, beholden to a stereotype of what, again, some fashion designer thinks the brand should be. Uh, I, I guess we have this real struggle where because fast fashion means that you have to produce in certain sizes, that brands become very exclusive, right? That this brand is only for certain people and only for certain people of a body shape mm -hmm. and, and, and size. And brands like Abercrombie & Finch got into a lot of trouble right, in the US because they very deliberately exclude uh, people who are oversized yeah. um, and even of you know, certain ethnicities. So that's not the brand that we want to be, right? We want to be something that is a lot more inclusive and for everyone, eventually. 
All right, uh, one final question about the brand. You're here at Online Retailer. This is about the next generation consumer. This is about understanding the way people are buying today and looking at innovation, having your ear to the ground of what's out there that can help you grow your business and be more successful. What what do you, Eric, want to achieve by being at a at a conference like this, as an expo like this? What kinds of things are you looking for? What kinds of things do you want to hear that can help you solve problems like the one you were just talking about? Um, what do you want to come away with from something like this? Right. For us, it's about how do we reduce the friction and the barriers right, in helping our customers get what they need better. And that can be around logistics. right? How do we get products to them faster um, than, than what we have now? Or what solutions exist that can help us uh, personalize better, right? Um, ultimately, what is it that makes, gets us closer to the customer um, in, in the simplest way? Thank you. All right. So I'm going to turn things from Citizen Wolf and uh, away from that and a little bit more about the human being named Eric. Right. So uh, really what you're doing right now is you're selling, you're, you're selling T-shirts, you're selling your brand, you're selling your service. So I want, you to, I want you to go back in time with me as early in your life as you want to. And tell me about the first thing that you remember selling right. and that you successfully sold in your life, even as a child, and what you remember about that and what you learned from that. Oh, so my first memory of uh, having sold something was probably when I was five years old, uh-huh. uh, and I sold Casio watches over at uh, the Paddy's Markets, just across from where this conference is. <laughs> um, I was working for uh, a family friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it was, I guess it was, a, it was part uh, childcare, looking after me. <laughs> And Obe- strictly obeying all the child labor laws, of, of right? Course, yeah. Of course. I was simply there <laughs> because my, my mum was there as well and she yeah. was helping out. I hear you. Uh, and I think they worked out that having a five-year-old uh, being able to, to answer questions about watches was kind of cute. And it actually was quite effective as a sales technique. So I ended up doing that for, um, for a bit and, and learned a bit about uh, retail through that, I guess. <laughs> And reflecting on our conversation and your time here at uh, an online retailer and what's going on with your brand, Eric, uh, what would be, say, a, a final thought or a pearl of wisdom that you might be inclined to leave behind for the listener as a parting shot? Uh, I'd go back to the quote uh, that I mentioned earlier, and that's, you know, it's not a principle until it costs you money. I think audiences have a very, very strong... Uh, and, and, and healthy distrust of most brands, especially ones which say one thing and then act in a different way. Yeah. So for us, we, uh, we do probably spend more money than, than we should right, on things which may not seem to make sense. Now, we spend more money on the packaging to make sure it's environmentally friendly. Right? We make sure that uh, now our, our models, as I said, are a bit more reflective of reality mm-hmm. rather than a stereotype. Um, and, and those aren't typical business decisions, but if we're to be authentic to who we are, mm-hmm. then, again, it's not a principle until it costs you money. <laughs> Very good. And how can people connect 
with Citizen Wolf and perhaps with you directly? Uh, the best way to do it is to go to our website, www.citizenwolf.com, um, or find me on any of my social media profiles, such as LinkedIn. Great. All right. Well, that uh, Eric Fu, that's P-H-U, uh, the founder of Citizen Wolf, I, I think so much a very interesting conversation, and best of luck with the trajectory and journey that you set your brand on. It's thank a great mission. Thank you very much, and thanks for your time. All right. And thank you all for listening. Uh, that's it for this episode and this great conversation on location in Sydney, Australia at Online Retailer. Uh, special thanks to Nora Network for their partnership on this as well. Until next time, I'm Mark Rako, and have a great day. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.